That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. All right, everybody, welcome to Bad Force Radio, the Batman DC podcast with no limits. Uh, coming at you with a big week this week. We got uh, Robin D. Cross up in Canada. Uh, boots. We got Grandpa Batman coming out of Texas. Living on the 110. We got the Bad Force Times coming out of New York. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, Bad Man. Force Time out of California, yeah. fresh off the uh, in and out wagon. But uh, we, got, we got a lot of stuff cracking this week. We didn't think there would be, but there's a good amount, so... DC uh, Dark Knight's Metal number two just dropped, and that's uh, the big event book that's crossing over all of DC. Our good buddy Scott Snyder was uh, able to give us a lot of inside scoop a couple months, ah, almost like what a year, two years ago. How long was that? Yeah, like two years ago. It was a long time before we were able to say anything about it. Yeah, if you guys want to check up uh, on what Scott Snyder's been up to, he's been doing All Star Batman before this. Um, go back and check out the interviews that we did with him. He talks all about. Everything that he's been doing and all his uh, influences. But uh, right now, the big thing that him and Greg Capullo are doing is uh, Dark Knight's Metal. And number two is pretty awesome and continues on a pretty epic scale. And uh, you guys want to talk about the story a little bit, where it's going? Issue two, they got, they're looking for bats because he knows what's going on. So Superman's asking, like, um, the House of Mystery and LexCorp headquarters with, like, there's a yeah, and, and Blue Beetle. Yeah, yeah, and Constantine. They're starting to bring in a bunch of different players out of the dc that's what i love about this book is that snyder you can tell is like trying to weave back in a lot of characters that have been kind of unloved for a couple years right yeah definitely uh, like challengers of the unknown in there and uh blackhawks hmm. i think this is the first time i've seen capullo draw zatanna that i can remember it looks pretty good Ooh. digging it that's a good point like it's probably his first time drawing a lot of these characters right yeah He's drawing a little boatload. And uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the issue yet, uh, also his first time, I believe, drawing Swamp Thing. There you mm. go. And uh, at the metal panel at uh, Fan Expo in Toronto, uh, he talked about getting the chance to draw Swamp Thing, mm -hmm. and he asked the audience if they want him to draw Swamp Thing series. No way. So that's something that Greg wants to do, so we'll see what happens. Would that be something he, you might be interested in? <laughs> I, I think it was something he might be interested in. He was championing for that pretty hard, because I think around the time that he was drawing number two and like dropping hints that Swamp Thing was coming, he was he kept like saying, like, man, wouldn't it be cool if I did a Swamp Thing book? Would love to do a Swamp Thing book. Who would write a Swamp Thing book for me? Yeah. And uh, it sounds like DC was listening. You think Greg could draw good um, neck rolls? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Robin, when you were up in Fan Expo, that was um, in between the first and second issue dropping, right? Yeah, yeah, just they before uh, issue two. Did they drop anything about the issue two coming out, or were they putting putting keeping it pretty close to the chest at the time? It was funny. Uh, Scott spoiled everything for like the the rest <laughs> of the series and everything coming up after it with Dan DiDio on one side of him and Jim Lee on the other side of him, 
and they're just dying laughing because Scott keeps like he gives something massive away and then he says okay I, I'm, I'm gonna stop giving everything away but then this happens and I'm gonna do this and Jim and Dan are just covering their faces and crying face palming like god damn it Scott. <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool yeah. though like for the most part it seems that I mean I haven't been looking for him I don't know if you guys have but um, there's not too many crazy spoilers out there. Even when issue two came out, um, there was a lot of headlines that were saying like, look at this massive character that gets woven into, uh, these or dark Knights metal. And even then it, it, people were pretty cool about, you know, kind of burying it inside the article rather than having it in the headline. So even with him, just, you know, just like spoiling everything, everyone's been pretty cool about not blowing it up. Which is nice because it's really hard to do these days with the, you know the internet and everything. But yeah. I think it's also Snyder's first time uh, writing Damien. Too. Yeah, I, w- I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, Damien. Did it. This scene's really cool. And, and he and he got him perfect too. He did. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're all hunting. So yeah, this issue picks up where issue one left off. So they've tracked. They think they've tracked down Batman, but he's got the whole family dressed as him That's riding awesome. those motorcycles through the jungle. Yeah. Damien's yeah. driving the van and. Just being flippant to Wonder Woman. I, I, I love how Capullo draws Damien behind the wheel, and his his head could barely look over the steering wheel. Yeah. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> is, I'm I'm starting to remember everything that was in the issue. Um, they are throwing so many nods back to their first like run on Batman from uh, the New Fifty Two. Because oh, another spoiler, isn't the court in this one too? Yep, the court of owls is in this one. And the, and um, then uh, yeah, that that's where it ties back to. How Scott said that he's been working on this, like he's had this story in mind since the since the start of New Fifty Two. Oh my god! And you can see the Court of Owls throw right in Batman's face. You know that we've been we were preparing you for this when you were in our labyrinth. Yeah. Well, it, you know it it's very clever how he uses the court too because you know obviously the the title of the run is called Metal and they possess one of the the five metals that. Um, the story is based around so that uh, i love that tie-in for the court okay and the neck rolls <laughs> one thing you know you know batman's got these people off on a wild goose chase and they're chasing through this swamp and that's where we see you know greg capullo's awesome rendition of swamp thing comes out and it was kind of you know if you follow greg on twitter it was kind of uh it's kind of bittersweet because the swamp thing co-creator um, Lynn Wine passed away on September 10th, and Greg was like, "Oh man, he he's not going to get to see what I did with Swamp Thing." Yeah. So that was kind of bittersweet about that issue. Yeah, I didn't even but think about that, that. That was a bitch too, because in what was it, two or three months, uh, Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson both uh, both left. Oh, us. right. Yeah, Ouch, yeah. I always thought Len Wein. Like, I always thought he. Like did not get enough credit. I mean, I don't, maybe it's just my assumption. Oh, yeah, like, but... I know, but yeah, you look at all the stuff that he's done, like all the, like, even just looking and not even ignore great stories he's done. Just look at key issues that collectors and like even that's just what the scalpers online are after all the time. Yeah. Like uh, first appearance of Wolverine, giant size X Men, you know, just the ridiculous number of things that are his work are insane. Well, he made, he, he, I mean, he created Colossus, he created Nightcrawler, right? Yeah, yeah, and Storm. Yeah, and, Crazy. Yeah, that that just, giant size X Men is the first appearance of all of them, plus the second appearance of Wolverine, and he had just done Hulk 181. Yeah, that guy was a fucking monster, man. And just, you know, 
totally took I, I think was totally taken for granted i mean i i took him for granted for sure well he's I also think, partly responsible for you know the the movies and the tv shows that we have now because oh yeah. you know he he was key you know in starting um in getting those like early shows produced of like you know even the the early swamp thing tv show I used to love that show, man. Yeah, that, that and, show was uh, the shit, yeah. Bernie as well, in addition to, to Len, didn't get from the majority of people the recognition that he should have. Because aside from just the comic stuff he did, mm-hmm. he did so much horror art over the years. Uh, yeah. I remember a couple years ago meeting him, and uh, he was at his, he had a booth in Artist Alley at the con. And just the stuff that people were bringing him that he had never even seen, like people bringing like these big hardcore, uh, hardcover horror analogy, uh, anthology books. And mm. he had never even seen that book released before. And so he's flipping through it, finding his pages and signing them. He's just done so much stuff. Yeah, man. It, it's like, like you said, I think the comic creators and the people in the industry definitely, you know, always had respect for him. But you know, on a, on a wider scale, as far as like pop culture, I think people really didn't understand the impact that they had. So it's important to kind of look back and reflect and like really appreciate what they did for pop culture in general. You know, it's just like these guys, they influenced way more than just comic books. Like Graham said, television, movies, multiple artists who are still creating. It's just unreal, man. Yeah, these guys laid, laid the foundations and, and it's just now within, you know, the last I'd say 15, 20 years or so, 25 years that, you know, the fruit of the labor is really coming around. And now superhero media is like the top selling media out there, whether it's movies and, or TV shows, merchandise, you know, even, even the comics. It's almost like the comics now are like the last thing that people want to buy, but everyone loves the, the comic characters. I was going to work the other day and I'm riding up the, in the elevator and there's this, there's these two women talking and they look like your, your typical, you know, soccer mom type ladies or probably in their mid forties. And you got in the elevator with them. Yeah. I got in the elevator with them. I just Go got on. my, uh, <laughs> yeah, they had, Texas boy. <laughs> yeah. They had some Texas toast with them. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to my floor and they're talking and you would never think that these two women <clears throat> that look like, you know, anybody's mom, they're sitting there talking about uh, DC and Marvel movies. I just love those X-Men movies. I can't wait for the next one to come out. I've been kind of watching some of these DC ones, but I don't know <laughs> if they got it right. But man, I can't wait for that new X-Men to come out. <laughs> I was just like, really? These people? Oh, but I mean, it just goes to show you that, you know, the, the comic-based superhero media is just everyone loves it now. I love that shit. That's why, like, it was so awesome to see. Um, I went to see Wonder Woman like at the end of the weekend. I think I saw it like Sunday afternoon. So when I went, there was just like everyone who was waiting for reviews to see the movie go to see it, and the majority of people at that showing were all <laughs> over fifty years old. Oh yeah, the same way with me. I was I felt like the youngest person there. I was like, really? yeah. It was awesome because it's like, you know, this old old lady was like standing next to me. She's like, are you here to see Wonder Woman? So well, yeah. it's great when you go to those matinees and, and that kind of crowd goes because you don't have to tell them to shut up because they're half yeah. dead anyway. 
you know i go to watch <laughs> i go to watch it and i got these two little kids sitting next to me and they just talk the whole damn movie i'm just sitting there and i'm like shh i'm being that guy i'm like yeah, you gotta be man you fucking man. kids are just driving me fucking nuts that's why pennywise is my spirit animal because he, cha- he, <laughs> he changes every day and he eats millennials, so I'm all good. Yeah, he, he, get rid of them. <laughs> he just wants to eat them kids. I don't blame him. <laughs> I almost felt like turning into Pennywise. <laughs> Man, that movie's so fucking good right now. You gotta watch it, Robin. Jesus Christ. I gotta go watch it again. I, I want to watch it. I want to watch it like Halloween night. Oh, shit. I want to go. Yeah, I gotta watch it again. It's just, what's, what's the director's name again? Uh, Andy Muschietti. We we were just talking. We got to get that guy in, on the DC film, man. Man. Yeah, we got to get Andy Spaghetti on. He's he w- good. He wants to. <laughs> he wants to do. Uh, he wants to do Pet Cemetery after the second. Half Shut of your day. mouth, dude. Yeah, he's been wanting to do that. He's a Stephen King freak, dude. He's like oh, hardcore. Dude. Ooh, I don't know. If he's Salem's get... lot, dude. I I think I'm this young. guy. I think this guy just brought horror back, like R-rated horror. They're, people are like keep writing the studio for they want a Freddy reboot now after seeing it like I think I think Dude, you started something you know the reason why it's so good is the same reason why I loved Batman Begins because if you take like if you take Batman out of Batman Begins it's still a fucking awesome movie right it's still an awesome like ninja movie if you take the horror parts out of this version of it it's still a cool fucking movie yeah. Like there's there's still awesome parts like this dude that movie's funny as shit. Yeah. The yeah. kid the the kid from Stranger Things. Yeah. Had me rolling the whole time, man. Eddie Spaghetti had me rolling. He's funny kid. It's a gazebo. Wait, so going back to metal, so the the Justice League rounds up all the Robins dressed up as Batman, and it's cool because they have those. I don't know what it, what you call it, but the wiring. Um, it's also from. Yeah, it's like green screen shit, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so it's like a hologram for the the mask instead of an actual Batman mask, because they pull over Nightwing, and they keep saying that they're trying to find Batman, and they know what he has in the bag. It's in the bag. Huh. Oh, and then Swamp Thing comes out, like you guys were talking about. Yeah. So this three Justice League Dark members that um, Pulo drew in this issue—that's pretty cool. So I keep wondering, you know, they keep talking about uh the judas trial stuff like that <laughs> oh, yeah. i keep waiting i keep yeah. waiting for the jokes to kind of come in you know a little bit he's oh. already had zantana quoting black sabbath zantana mm. i was thinking that they finally uh catch up with batman who who was it that had tracked him down i forget who finally found him was uh, a cyborg soup. found him soup. Yeah. yeah oh he he C- planted C- something cyborg cyborg found him oh yeah because he planted something in in someone like Soup says he rec- he understands Batman's heartbeat or something. Oh, yeah. oh, was it Clayface? Oh my God, that was such a good yeah. moment. Yeah, oh yeah, that's crazy. Batman read- thinks of everything, man. Yeah, go read Metal Two. That's a little nod to Detective Comics, where Clayface is on the team right now in Detective Comics. Well, it was also a little nod, I thought, to uh, Injustice, where Superman rips yeah. out yeah. Joker's heart. Oh, I, yeah, it looked like I mean, that's the right panel. Yeah, I was yeah like, that's wow, that's pretty cool. Panel. So um, they finally uh, they finally catch up with Batman and uh, he's got the bag and he, Batman had abducted a, had abducted a child and little bit that's what we're waiting to find out. Before we before that, can we back up to where um, Hot Girl, whatever her name is in the story, she's at that volcano and out of the volcano comes this spaceship thing. Does that is that from the uh, the Super Friends? Uh, yeah, that was. Um, it's just called the Legion of Doom headquarters. I, you know, I get that confused sometimes yeah. with uh, 
where the uh, where the the priest that uh, creates uh, Shazam hides out from? Uh, Shazam. 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 <laughs> yeah. But it's not that one. Okay. So long story long, Gramps, what was the what was the question there? The hideout that pops up out of the lava looks like the Legion of Doom headquarters. Is it MNS? I believe it is. From what Robin is saying, it is right. From yeah, like yeah, the Super yeah. Friends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's so exactly I saw that and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Big fucking tie-in. They're bringing in everything. I love it. I I had a question for you, because um, I saw. I think I saw Snyder also trying to clear this up on Twitter, um, <clears throat> because Snyder is like one of the only dudes. When the New Fifty Two happened, everyone's like, "Okay, we're starting every storyline and every character origin from scratch," right? And Snyder was like, fuck that. Batman, everything that happened to Batman happened to Batman. Yeah. And um, I'm just going off of where he was before I took him over. So with that being said, baby dark side, does that mean that this this dark side is the new dark side after dark side war has been fought? Or is it pre dark side war and after uh, final crisis? Talking about oh. this is making me love it even more than I remember this whole story. Like every, everybody needs to read this shit. It's fucking great. I love this kind of story where just you, you once you start like peeling off the layers of the onion, it just makes it better. You know, well, it's really cool too because um, it's given Capullo the chance to you know flex his muscles a little bit, his his art muscles, uh, because he's getting to draw a whole range of characters. You know, outside of the Batman, he's done Aquaman. Swamp thing that was cool. Mm. Baby dark side now. And then it's cool because he's piggybacking a little bit on the the reborn run that he did with Mark Millar, where he had the world create that whole reborn universe, and he's getting to create these these new uh, dark Batman that are coming through. So it's pretty interesting to see him four or five medals to make the for Batman to be a doorway for these dark batman you know you got those evil robins that pop through that doorway that is fucking sick that was crazy but those those don't get the they don't completely show the batman who laughs in at the end of metal 2 right yeah they do they do i yeah. thought it was i thought it was teen titans where they show that no, i saw i saw the batman who laughs with the fucking the robins on the chains a full thing of the false full, full the whole shebang yeah, really oh yeah they them. come yeah. through there Oh, I yeah. didn't think I might have like skipped out on the last page there. Got to go back. Oh shit! No, it's Damn. It, it's it's the main one. It's the uh, the Red Death. Oh yeah, no, okay, I know. Okay, so the the Dark Batman, right? I thought it's yeah. just like a little little hint to him. We got to stop recording these episodes a week after we read the issue. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man. People learn along. Superman and Wonder Woman are laying right there, and, and Wonder Woman's like, Bruce, where is he? And you see at the bottom of the page, I, and it's yeah. like that cryptic, you want Bruce Wayne? And then it has the whole reveal of all the the dark Batman. They're like, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. And then you got little shithead uh, dark side down there reaching up for him. Like, David, he knows, like, yeah, he's like, he knows what's going on. All right. Metal 2. And and I think uh, I think little baby Darkseid is also throwing the horns in that shot too. Yeah, he's throwing the horns <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> my my question that I just remembered because Robin reminded me. So apparently, 
is it a character is throwing the horns in each issue? Yes. So yeah, in the first yeah. one, in Metal One, who's throwing the horns? Uh, in the first issue, that was. Is, is yeah, it? Uh, open it up again. I want to say it's Flash. I think it's a villain, isn't it? Mayhaps, perchance. Tom, I have a brilliant idea. Mm. You know, Halloween is coming up, and um, people like to dress up their babies. I, I just thought of uh, <sighs> a costume for Keaton, Robbie Keats. Fuck, say it. Baby Dark Side. Yes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I gotta figure that one out. <laughs> gotta get that old permission slip, but that would be awesome. Metal 2. Sick follow-up to uh i mean this is just a universe that i think they're starting to explore that the end of uh metal 2 they just kind of open the doorway to finally and you're seeing the dark batman and the batman who laughs which we've seen like previews to that character which looks sick who uh we've been talking about it some serious nods to hellraiser and the cenobites right oh, i mean are we wrong there yeah oh diggity yeah. Right. It looks, it looks like it looks like Pinhead meets the Joker. Right. I think it's I think it's what Snyder's been wanting to do all the time. It's like a horror-based Batman story. Yeah. I'm all right with that. I'm all, I'm all on board there. I was ready for the Cenobite of a uh, neck roll to come out and fucking start taking over too. <laughs> Man, I love it. All right. So uh, yeah, I'd highly recommend. You know what, Gramps? I want to ask you. I remember when um, the previews were coming out and the first issue hadn't come out yet. You were a little skeptical about like the story and if you'd like this or not. Where are you at now? Two issues in. Two issues in. Um, on the one ten. I'm I'm living on the 110. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. All right, oh, this metal shit. 2. Um keeping it with the comics um something that I just remembered right as we started recording, Patrick Gleason tweeted and posted on Instagram an awesome little freaking tease that would have happened in the new 52 of Batman and Robin. With Carrie Kelly, did you guys see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And he posted what what could have been or what almost was, right? Yeah. 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 We yeah. need to get him on the show to tell that story. Oh man! So if what what you guys, um, if you had not seen that, go check out Patrick Gleason on Instagram or Twitter, and we're describing a, an image of a cover that uh, it's Batman holding up. Um, is he holding the coin? Yeah, it's a coin with Terry Kelly's, you know, face. Yeah, on. he's holding a, a half charred coin that has the face of Carrie Kelly. And it's all charred, so it's kind of giving a nod that Carrie Kelly may become like Two Face or something, right? That's what I kind of got the sense that well, like it was the cover for, uh, you know, this was after they killed Damien, and uh-huh. the Batman and Robin comic became like. Batman and then Red Robin, Batman and Two Face, yeah. whoever the, you know the the other characters in the, the title villain. were, yeah, and so this was Batman and Two Face number twenty five because they had actually they had actually brought Carrie Kelly in earlier where she was Tutoring like Damien right yeah she was a tutor for Damien and she was like where's he at he hadn't showed up I yeah. hadn't been able to talk to him and Bruce has been making all these excuses about. Well, he's on. I've sent him off on a on a trip and all this stuff. I'll make sure you get your message and blah blah blah. And it kind of teased that maybe she would actually be the next Robin because Bruce actually finds her at like some kind of costume party and she's dressed as Robin. Mm. And people were like, "Oh my God, they're going to bring Carrie Kelly into the 
the canon world and I was just like I, I, I was hesitant on that I didn't really like it you didn't want them to bring Kelly Kelly Carrie Kelly into the fold not in, not in this spectrum I, I just thought it was pointless I th- I thought it was like they were gonna kill her I thought they were gonna like like two face was gonna kill her or she was gonna become like a two face from the from the coin image on the cover yeah that was interesting something because, brutal you know, like that the actual cover shows uh, two face on the coin not Carrie Kelly but oh I thought it was Carrie Kelly's face I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Either way, either way, it's been cool to see her come in. I mean, you know, depending on how they did it, though. But you know, that's interesting because something that we kind of like didn't really talk about or think about is the fact that um, before they did Rebirth, all the all the writers and all the artists were still kind of working out wherever they were with those books, and they kind of had to like throw out all the ideas that they would have had if they had continued on. So there's probably like just loads of storylines that they all had ready to go. That they had to like just wipe off. So right. it's interesting to see like you know there might have been some awesome stories out there that just never got to see the light of day, because Jeff Johns was just like, nope, we're doing it this way. But maybe Which, they'll get to use that stuff later on. Hopefully, and to be honest, they kind of. I mean, if you ask the, um, if you ask like the common DC reader, that they'll say it, it was for the better anyway, because Rebirth just destroyed and is continuing to destroy. And um, I have not picked up an ongoing Marvel book in probably two years, right? Probably something along those lines just because they can't get their shit together over there. But anyways, um, any other comic news we were going to cover? Well, uh, after Metal 2, uh, Red Death came out this week. Here we go. That looks badass. Written by uh, Joshua Williamson, right? Yes. Current Flash writer. Yeah, and kind of perfect for uh, that it's the Red Death that gets it. Uh, Red Death is... The first of these uh, Dark Multiverse Batman to get their their own one shot, and these basically just show what got that world's Batman into the character he is. And this Batman is ruthless. Uh, I'm sure you guys all read the issue. Yeah, he's sick. With, I, I like that it talks about you know you know this is all this whole metal uh, arc. It's all based on these universes coming together and like. These dark universes are universes that aren't supposed to exist, and they're not supposed yeah. to uh, maintain. You know, they're not supposed to live very long. But in the multiverse, they do come to life, and they're and it's almost like the way that it's written. It's like they're trying to find a way to actually come to life in the real our universe, sci-fi. But it's it works. And so we see can, how ruthless this world's Bruce Wayne is, that he's yeah. willing to just, when you first see him, he's uh, attacking Flash and he has already taken out all the rogues and is using their tech against Flash. So he has uh, Captain Cold's goggles on, he has Weather Wizard staff and uh, is completely willing because Barry won't give him the speed force to use. Yeah. He just is willing to just take it from him. It starts on Earth 52. And so, yeah, this Batman, he's like, I need the speed force because I want to go back and, you know, save my family and, and save all the uh, the Robins that have passed away. Because apparently in this universe, they all died too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to be able to fight all of the crime. You know, he says, uh, when I when I swore to my parents that I would uh, that I would protect Gotham, I was thinking too small. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can save the world. Damn. So then you see him, he takes the, and he, he doesn't exactly kill Barry, but somehow through the speed force, they're inhabiting the same body. Because when yeah. Bruce is doing these really horrible things, you can hear Barry trying to talk him out of it, saying, no, Bruce, don't do this. And he just doesn't give a fuck. Kind of like Firestorm a little bit? Yeah, yeah. That's That sounds brutal as fuck, man. We're going to get a one-shot for each of these dark Batman? Yeah. Yep. It's cool. And, and it's... this book already, so Metal Issue 1, Metal Issue 2, and Red Death all sold out right away. Damn, they start buying be... those up. <laughs> Pounding the shit out of Marvel right now, then. Ooh. Yeah, one, one thing that I really liked about this book, and I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but okay. there's a lot of cool tie-ins to other very popular stories and movies in this book. So, I mean, just like we had discussed, you know, in a different conversation, DC is, and all the writers, Snyder, Williamson, all these people that have you know, they're doing these one-shot tie-ins. Jeff Johns, they've all got a plan to bring it all into, like, one big bundle. It's uh, it's it's really well done. Yeah, man. It's an exciting time for DC Comics right now, for sure. All across the board, everything is just, like, Rebirth is good. The, the crossovers are good. These one-shots are good. And it's all... It wasn't, uh, wasn't there a, a Nightwing tie-in and a Teen Titans tie-in also? Yeah, the Gotham Resistance will run through uh, Teen Titans, Nightwing, Suicide Squad, uh, I think Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns, uh, Justice League. This is something that they try to do, you know, once every, I don't know, 10, 20 years or whatever. They try to kind of stir the pot up again and, and reboot and do all this stuff. But I don't remember ever seeing it where in the current, continuum of the comics and stuff they're actually world building in mm. this they're actually creating you know this dark universe with these new dark characters and stuff like that and you know this this red death batman shit they can have him do more stories and mm. all they're doing i think i said it before they're just keeping us tied down because they want that money out of our wallet because they're going to create more action figures and <laughs> statues and merchandise, and I want it all. <laughs> Got to world build that figure collection, boy. After the way metal's selling, you have to expect that DC's going to let Scott and Greg do whatever they want after this. <laughs> metal this, issue yeah. one, metal issue one sold two hundred sixty-two thousand copies. That's what? almost that's almost getting to nineties numbers of wow. Damn. Yeah, like, like Dave I, Chappelle said, that shit's going triple uranium, man. Triple uranium. I, I love how in this Red Death, you know, when when Red Death runs, his wake are, is like bats. It's so sick. <laughs> yeah, it's badass. I like this. You know, it's uh, it's it's funny that, um, Robin, you say that, like, after this, it's they're going to let Greg and Scott do whatever they want. It's funny because it's like, damn, like, they pretty much already let them do whatever they wanted with this. Because well, but um, Greg, Greg, uh, Scott said that he really had to, like, yeah, they w- they didn't know about this, you know, like they were really yeah, apprehensive. He really, he really had to convince them. Yeah. Now they're like, whatever you want to do, bro, just yeah. go ahead. How many issues? Twelve. You're whatever you want to do. Man, yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's um, we definitely need to like, get Scott Snyder back on soon to talk all this stuff. I like to put it in perspective for yeah. how many copies that was. That 
or whatever, 262,000 copies or something. That was obviously the number one selling book for the month. Yeah. The number two seller was uh, the Batman issue that uh, Batman 28, I think, well, two come out a month, but I think 28 was the number two seller and it was like 100,000 copies. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome to see that, you know, they're kind of spearheading something in a direction that everything's kind of like following suit. And, you know, it's cool because um, metal is kind of like uh, a crossover event that's bringing in people from kind of different um, subcultures. Like there's, you know, I, I follow people, a lot, I follow a lot of like band accounts and I follow a lot of musicians and like other people who they're not really into comics or a little bit, but more so the music stuff. And I'm seeing those people post that they're going into comic shops and grabbing metal and they're posting, you know, their, their comic calls. Cause this is driving people to comic shops and, you know, people that wouldn't normally kind of go pick up a book. Um, it's making so much noise on a ground level that, you know, people are kind of going to check it out and see what's going on with that. Also with, with, you know, the whole Batman and Catwoman thing, which came out, what was that a month ago with the, the big news on their relationship? That's still bringing people in. People are still coming into comic shops because of that. Is she coming in? Oh, dad, Nash. Cat. <laughs> Tell you something right now, boy, dad, Nash cats bringing people onto the pin game for sure. <laughs> Putting up that denim jacket. Get out of here. <laughs> she, she sent, she sent me a video earlier, uh, showing like you know she's got her pins out on a board but uh so she sent this video and said this isn't all of them because my mom gets mad that i buy so many and she hides them <laughs> ah, she's got a trunk them bro she's, she's a trunkler yeah just like in a just like in brian ezarello's story batman flashpoint he's got a female joker He's a female trunkler there, boy. Hey, Gramps, what you got the, a review for the uh, Dark, oh, Dark Knight 3 Master Race hardcover book? Robin, okay. you got that too, yeah? You got the variant book? No, I, I picked up the art book. Okay, the let's talk about the art book first. The cover art book, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, whenever they started putting out Dark Knight 3, you know, they with their 3,000 variant covers, it was only a matter of time before they were going to put out a, a collected, <laughs> you know, art book with with all the covers before we we get 100 percent into it um there are some you know kids and listeners who jump on (laughs) who don't know exactly what dark knight 3 is you want to give them a little rundown of that first and then explain the the covers book and what it is no (laughs) (laughs) you don't know you don't know google it yeah, just Google it, you little millennial dotards. Anyway, so yeah, they uh, because I mean you're actually right, Tom. Because I mean this story started 14 years ago and just got completed this year. <laughs> so kids don't know what the shit is going on. I see all Batman the was only 75 when it started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Anytime we post Dark Knight three stuff, people are always tripping out because they don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, now's a good time to, because they put out this art book, and then they also put out the collected hardcover. Because I had a lot of people that anytime I'd put up, put up a picture, they'd say, "I'm just gonna wait until it's all collected." Which, I mean, granted, that's a smart decision because I'm the same way. I hate reading monthly. You know, I read a title, I forget what happens until the next one comes out. Um, Gramps, you don't you don't like the floppy single issue, like the floppy flimsy. You like that hard 
hard, stiff, firm hardcover in your hand, right, Gramps? Yes, I do. And, and he also he also doesn't like to uh, talk about what's going on in the issues with us. He prefers to <laughs> six months later say, "Hey, did you guys see what happened in that?" <laughs> Dude, I am loving uh, Detective Comics from James yeah. Tinian. <laughs> it's great, right? <laughs> yeah, issue five is awesome. <laughs> 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 but anyway this 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 uh batman the dark knight master race the covers came out which has every variant cover included because it's 173 he, pages of variant covers what the fuck i mean like issue one had like 70 by itself yeah. are yep. you kidding me 173 173 pages well, oh, here's and, the and the the cover like there's the the dust jacket on it but then underneath the dust jacket one of the covers one of frank miller's covers is a wraparound cover on the hardcover itself which one is that it's uh it was one of the middle area ones i think yeah no it's where he's uh, where batman's breaking face first through some glass as you do okay. well here's what here's another cool Jim, uh, that's included with these. Not only does it have the covers, but some of it, some of the pages are just the rare black and white line art or sketches, um, which I love seeing. Like Klaus Janssen had like uh, a page just on his sketches where he came came up with the ideas on the poses and stuff like that. Another little nugget that I found buried in about the mi- middle of the book is an unused uh, Patrick Gleason cover mm-hmm. where Batman is fighting Joker at the very entrance of the Tunnel of Love from Dark Knight Returns. So right there, I mean, there's something you won't find on a uh, bookshelf because that cover wasn't used. Also, um, I had someone ask me today, and I thought it was a great question. Let me find it. Um, they wanted, I remember. Yeah, Tyler Bentz. Tyler Bentz wanted to know if I had the ch- chance to check out the art book and which I would rather get, the, uh, the art book or the collected um, Dark Knight 3 story. And, I mean, I had to think about that because for me, and, I'm, and I know I'm, you know, a little different than everybody else, but for me, both books are must-haves, and they kind of mm-hmm. go they kind of go hand in hand with each other, right? Um, he also asked whether or not this art book had the uh, Raphael Grandpa uh, convention exclusive variant, where it's like the kneeling Batman with the Carrie Kelly, and uh, it, does. it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. A, a cool thing I liked about the way they laid out the book is uh, the way they grouped artists together. So like you have all the Greg Capullo covers all in a row. You have all the Jim Lee covers all in a row, and then they'll show you uh, some sketch versions of them. Nice. That's what I was going to ask. So on top of the actual finished cover, do they have uh, little like sketch variants and, and um, behind the scenes little things in there? Some of them they do. Yeah. Um, not, not a lot of them. Cause most of, most of the book is just full page and like it, 
it's an oversized book, so you're actually getting mm-hmm. them bigger than uh, nice. than they were on the issues. So it's just you know full page uh, versions of of all the art. Now, full page the, virgin covers. Yes. For the uh, for the undecided buyer like myself, um, what is the price point on this book? For wait, how many? Pa- 173, 173 pages. It is yeah. twenty five dollars US. Here's Shut a, your mouth. Here's a love another Well, yeah. Unless you hit like you know IST or something. Here's Robin. I'm sure you picked it picked up on this. They had they had the F boys grouped together. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I did. See, I I think I posted a picture of that page. Yeah, it was pretty convenient that uh, both of their issue one covers were right beside each other. Pinterest. Which is perfect because I never could find those, and I got I have like. Four short boxes full of these Dark Knight three variants. Yeah, it's funny. I don't have I don't have uh, Dave's either, but uh, I got Jason's the color and the black and white ones. But I had to get them directly from him because they were a bitch to find. Some of some of these variants like were only exclusive to like tiny ass little shops, right? Yeah, Yeah. and yeah, and you literally expensive. Yeah, had to go down there yourself or know someone who was. Jesus fucking Christ! Someone drop a body on the ground. That scared me. Oh my gosh! But uh, you either had to go and find the issues at that shop, or know somebody who went to that shop to send them to you. Because, like you guys said, you Gramps, you're fucking trying to hunt all of them down. You couldn't even find them all. Yeah. Um. I remember when book one came out in 1939. That, uh, <laughs> I was visiting my mother-in-law and. She lives about an hour away from Houston, and this tiny, tiny shop was having a signing for the uh, Tony Harris exclusive for uh, issue one. And some, I don't know how these shops, I don't know if they had to bid or if they had to promise to buy a, you know, a certain amount of books to get you know, their shop exclusive, but... Yeah, it, it was, uh, you had to get, if I remember right, the number was 2,500 copies. Wow. Jesus. So each, each shop had to have buy 2,500 of just that one book to get their own retail variant. And he mm-hmm. had a signing there. So it's it's an awesome cover. It's it's where uh, Batman's on the big black horse and like Gotham is burning behind him. And, Very uh, nice. So I got, you know, that was the that was the very first Dark Knight 3 book that I got because I think uh, that may have, they may have had that before the, the standard black issue one came out. So that was the first one I got and got it signed by him. So now, this? go ahead. I'm going to get the, the variant book, open it, <laughs> rip page out close it and put it on my shelf <laughs> sacrificing uh, uh, who cares who's on the other side gonna have to sacrifice it oh. uh, well, uh, you might as well take that page and put it on a plate and eat it cause it tastes just like New York pizza there boy <laughs> Paul Pope has a Paul Pope has a page just for like some sketch ideas I mean he did like does he shit. have the, the cat girl is the cat girl cover in there yeah oh good he did like he did like four. <laughs> Good. He did like, like four. And I like that. Uh, 
There's that one by Sean Murphy where Batman's with the street light. Because I couldn't find that one. And oh, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think there were any variants through the whole series that are not in this book. I, I haven't thought of any that are missing from it. You know uh, what Legends of Lego Batman might be keen on doing is taking that book and uh, running around the convention floor screaming out uh, the artist's names trying to get their <laughs> autograph on each page. Does anybody have a pen? <laughs> Have we relived that story? We will next time he's on. It's amazing. Um, so Gramps must have. I, I think that's a must, must have. have. I'm gonna grab that. Oh, absolutely. Must have and for that one I, for sure. I really liked um, the foreword written at the very beginning by Klaus Jansen. Um, he wrote a one-page um, foreword. If I can just take a few minutes, I'd like to read a little bit of it. I'm afraid um, we don't have time for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can read it as a trunk, though. Klaus basically said, um, I'm living on the 110, and <laughs> fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> so he said, There's a fun slide. Klaus Jansen, directly from Klaus Jansen. <laughs> said, Cannot make this up. <laughs> and fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. So, I mean, geez, pretty profound. Those not in the know, Gramps has been jamming new Prophets of Rage album to and from work every goddamn day since it came out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of bleeding into every aspect of his life. That's right. <laughs> Next up is the uh, the collected hardcover of the Batman, the Dark Knight, Master Race, uh, Dark Knight 3, with all nine issues, plus the mini comics that came in with each one. And it, again, it's an oversized hardcover, which I love it hard. It's going to look nice on the shelf. One thing that I love... If you take off the sleeve, you know, the, the the sleeve is that black silhouette of Batman. Take off the sleeve, and the actual book cover is that red uh, variant where it's like this big, badass Batman. It's the Frank Miller, Andy Cooper variant that I think was on issue nine. It's awesome. Um, One of my favorite ones. So for the undecided buyer... Um, like myself, what is the diff with this collected edition versus the nine hardcover slipcase individual uh, issues that came out along as the story came out? Well, it's one book. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to be honest, like some people might like prefer that. Well, I, I mean, actually, if you don't want to, if you're one of the guys that wants to keep everything in like mint condition, and I mean that that collector's edition is kind of a cool, you know, collector's piece because it has uh, the Jim Lee art on the front. And and you really don't want to take that out and kind of get it scratched up or anything like that. I mean, this book was, again, price point on this one was $29.99, an overpriced heart or oversized hardcover. So, you know, the pages are about Ten and a half by seven and a half inches. It looks really good. For me, I'm looking at it and I'm kind of comparing it. I'm sure that they probably printed it the same, but for some reason, the colors on this book just seem to pop more. I don't know. And I love how... That's, 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 that's because right now, the technology that they have for printing is better than the technology they had back when issue one came out. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense then. Back in 2006. Yeah, and you know, diggity two when the issue one came out. <laughs> diggity, damn it! And you know the mid the mini comics come right after their 
companion main comic, and then it goes right back into the next issue. They laid it they laid it out really well as far as the the story flowing more cohesively. And that, I guess that was kind of the big complaint that I heard a lot from readers was that the break between all the stories made it difficult to follow. So now you have it all collected and it's more cohesive. I, I read some today and I forgot how many just, Oh shit, badass moments there were in this book. Mm. I mean, you know, there are some parts that kind of feed on the nostalgic, uh, dark Knight returns, but it's almost like this is this, this is the story that actually should have been the sequel to dark Knight returns in a way. Even though it's technically kind of more of a almost a Trinity book instead of a Batman book, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think it's a must-have too if if you really like Superman, if you really like Wonder Woman, if you really uh, like Carrie Kelly. Um, I, I love the art in this. I think Andy Cooper did a real good job tying into the the Frank Miller esque. Dark Knight look. I really like Alex Sinclair's colors, Brad Anderson. Everybody did a kick-ass job on this title, and it just looks better in an oversized hardcover book for me. What are some of the um, extras that are jam-packed in that bad boy? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Tom. (laughs) First, there are a few of the variant covers. Um, Not too many. But there are some unused variant covers that Andy Kubert drew. Um, there's also some of his uh, sketch work for character design. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I thought this was interesting. He had, um, you know, because in book one, spoilers from 1939, mm-hmm. Carrie Kelly is actually using the Batman suit to go out and patrol golf. So in his sketch design for that, he calls it Carrie Batman insider tidbits that make me go back and look at the issue one and think, you know what? Wow. I never noticed that, but that, that makes sense. For example, the thinner lips and the way that, um, she basically to make herself look like Batman, she had to pad the suit, which is why another reason why he's so beefy and, in book one and Beef. some other sketches for like the snowsuit Batman and the bat boys and, and some of the, uh, Kryptonians. Let me find another one. I think this picture was actually in, um, one of the hardcover collectors, but like raw unwrapped version of Batman and Carrie in the cave, which is probably one of my favorite pictures from the entire series where they're standing at the back computer, just as Batman, like, or Bruce first put on the suit. They include some of the pinups that were were in the books. But again, it's a must-have. But going back to uh, the question from from Instagram, if I only had like thirty dollars in my wallet and I and I'm theming for a new Dark Knight book, which one would I go in? And I've got and you steal thirty dollars from someone and get both of these. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I go around the corner and you know do a little manhorn. You do what you got to do. Do what I got. Some Z jobs. Okay, but twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but if 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 Robin, if you only had thirty bucks and you had to walk into a shop and you saw both these two side by side, which one would you take? Uh, now, uh, I'm going to preface that with a question: Do I have the issues already? No. no. To read? No. No. 
Okay. This there... gentleman, I'm assuming this gentleman is asking because he does not have anything. Right, Gramps? That's that's kind of the yeah the basis so if, that I got. Yeah. So if if you haven't read the story, then you the the story is always more important than you know, the 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 story is the substance and the art stuff is just flash. Mm. So if if you ha- if you haven't read the story and you're asking which one to get, then you go for the story because without <clears> the story, all the all the art is just flash. A good uh, a good counterpoint to that is that this story was very polarizing. Um, I mean, we all fucking loved it. I think it's easily we could say right, yeah. but uh, this was a very polarizing story. So a Batman fan who may be hesitant to want to even bother with the story, but you are a Dark Knight Returns fan, you'd want it. You'd want that art book because it's such. It's just one giant homage to the Dark Knight Returns with just kick-ass artists doing their interpretation of it, right? But if, thing, if, you're, if you're one of those people who trashed the, the book as it was coming out, then you're probably one of the people who trashed Frank Miller's artwork on his game. <laughs> so, and you're probably a douchebag. <laughs> you might be a redneck. <laughs> might be a red- I love the variant cover theme. I know it got a little... Uh, everyone saw it as you know uh, an easy money grab from D.C., and a way to overhype this book and this title. I, I mean, I totally understand it. I get it. But you know what? I don't fucking care. It was a dream come true for me to see all these great, talented artists uh, do their rendition of my favorite version of Batman. And you know what? A lot of these guys jumped at the opportunity because oh, yeah. Dark Knight Returns, and Klaus addresses it in his uh, uh, forward. a number of these artists have even told Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen that that story is what got them into comics and got them into wanting to be an artist and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Lee will tell you that. Yeah, Jim Lee, yeah, exactly what I was about to say. He, he went all out on these Dark Knight Returns covers. Actually, <clears throat> one of my top three favorite ones is actually by Jim Lee, where it's where Batman's in the parachute and he's cradling Carrie Kelly because she almost fell and he had to like save her, and it's kind of the one of the first points in the book where this is what this is a key moment where Bruce's humility humanity starts coming back, and you know you can see that he actually cares for this young girl that he's you know taken under now, and I just love that that image that he created. So for me, if I just had 30 bucks, I would probably actually go with the art book because it has all these different artists that did their rendition and their interpretation of a key story. Knowing that I could go back and I could, I could buy the the single issues of the comic later, but mm-hmm. this art book is really nice. I love it. I'm, I'm definitely going to grab the art book. Um, I'll flip through the deluxe hardcover just to, maybe entice myself but for sure that hardcover i'm grabbing the art one for sure well another thing to think about with the with the uh the hardcover you know it's only a matter of time before they make it an absolute mm. so i mean another maybe maybe a reason to hold off on the uh on the deluxe i wouldn't hold off but you know it's only 30 bucks but you know who knows when they're going to do the hey, absolute could be another i had to work years. for that 30 bucks man well, you just told me to go around the corner and do what i had to do 30 bucks man you liked it <laughs> but when the but absolute yeah, comes who, out who, get the absolute. who knows when it's going to come out is right because it wasn't until last year that we got the year one absolute 
Right. Oh my God. Christmas time, wasn't it? Yeah, like November or something. Yeah. Speaking of year one, another new another new deluxe hardcover of year one came out this week. And it's supposed to have like 40 pages of sketch work and raw drawings from David Mazzucchelli and the full script included. I'm interested in that, but I don't want to buy it. I need David Mazzucchelli to come to a fucking con. I need him <laughs> to start drawing Daredevil again. Uh, from what I understand, if uh, if I heard correctly, uh, he is an art professor at a, at a university somewhere. What I want to know is uh, why, why are we getting a, a hush 15-year anniversary edition <laughs> deluxe but no long Halloween 20th anniversary edition. Is that true? Wait, there's another Hush coming out? Yeah, 15-year anniversary deluxe well, edition. But we never got well. we never got a long Halloween 20th well, anniversary deluxe edition. Gold 15. I'll, I'll put my guess out there right now. Jim Lee is the co-publisher of DC, and uh, Jeff Loeb currently works for Marvel. So he's kind of an, a fuck you. Come back, or you know, we're I, not, I think gonna, it's just we're not gonna re-release your book and give you more money while you're uh, making TV shows for the other guys. While you're Why, sleeping they, they, with they, my they side. Get money for that? I'm, I'm sure. sure he's got. Yeah, he's got publishing rights. I'm sure. Yeah, got to entice him back. I, you, that's why he's putting out that hush to give him. Like, Look what could be yours, buddy. If you just come right back over. Yeah, hmm. yeah you want you want to get some more of that long Halloween dick? He's <laughs> he's got Jim Lee's got his arm around uh, uh, Jonathan Hickman right now, kind of like, look at my new bitch. Yeah. <laughs> What's that new book coming out from that? Is it a French artist that Jim Lee? Oh, on? Batman uh, the what is Batman it? the Dark Prince? Dark Prince or yeah, something like that. So uh, cool. what's his name? Medici. Uh, Alf- Alfonso Medici. I forget what his name. He's Italian. Oh, Italian. Uh, that dude's been around for forever, and I think everyone's been sleeping on him. Mm. I I haven't heard of him. Yeah, but the guy's an amazing artist. Dark Prince and Sean Murphy's The White Knight. We got some nice, yeah. we got some nice trades coming. You think Grandpa Batman's gonna sniff them trades, boy? Ooh, <laughs> Give him a nice boy. little whiff right before the shelf. Oh, here's an Tom. Here's another selling point that I wanted to bring back from the Please. Art book. Please, it has every one, every single one of the Gabriel Del Otto. Oh shit! Oh. Yeah, big, big. In, Big boy. Every, every one of the Gabrielle Del Otto with a naked virgin picture. <laughs> you don't have the, the banner across it, so you get the yeah. full artwork. What do the pages nice smell like? Chicago <laughs> deep dish, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice sausage pizza. Did you guys see the, the Dark Knight's metal Wonder Woman variant for issue two that oh, Gabriel Del Otto? Oh, so awesome That's looking. out of control, Jesus. man. Probably. Probably one of the best variants I've seen so far. Yo. Did you guys see the Metal Issue 2 variant that uh, John Romita Jr. did, and he got confused and thought he was drawing Man-Thing instead of Swamp-Thing? Stop <laughs> it. Damn. Come on, JJ. It has the... He has the... Uh, you know how Man-Thing has those big floppy whiskers that hang over his mouth? Yeah. It's like the his, snot, his, snot coming down his face. Looks yeah. like he's got a fucking. His, his one thing has those major. Oh yeah. man. I think JRGR had his moment, man. I think it's. An, I think Dude, enough's enough. I like. I, I like some of the shit he did at Marvel. I really do. I I love the, the Thor that he did. I thought it was awesome on that. Mm. 
I even liked um, the art that he did for uh, was it um, All Star Batman? I, yeah, I loved Dark that. Knight. That was good. The yeah. Dark Knight. Um, oh, that was good too. Yeah. Yeah, I liked. I liked, I'd never seen him do anything that dark before. That was cool. Might've... Good stuff, man. So good, good Dark Knight three stuff coming out. Oh, good shit. metal coming out. Oh, we barely. We've just been talking comics this whole time. Comics. Or what? Yeah. Just. All right, how about some movies? Um, Justice, oh, and movies here. Justice League. I guess there was an early screening. I don't know who saw it, but it's. Uh, well, yeah, I want to know where the so- I want to know where the source is coming from. The source come from Mar- Marabella. Are they? Are they? Apparently, are they going in biased? Are they? What percentage of them <laughs> like it as opposed to? My prediction is that it's going. I think. I think everyone's going to really like it. Enjoy it. I don't, I think Ron Tomatoes is going to chew it up, but I think. I think the fans and people are going to enjoy it. That's my guess. It's, I, I think the, uh, the critics are not going to like it just because of Snyder. I think there's people out there that actually have it out for Snyder. I honestly Man, believe that. You know, this movie's gotten this movie's gotten a rough road because, you know, <laughs> you know Snyder's attached to it and they they chewed him up already. But then Joss Whedon, you know, they brought him in and everyone's like, you know, no one's really talking Snyder anymore. Everyone's saying Joss Whedon. And then that that whole smear campaign on Joss Whedon just recently blew up a couple weeks ago, where his wife released like this interview or like an open letter, talking about like all these affairs that he was having and this and that. It's pretty crazy, man. Fucking hell! Oh, come on. Yeah, it's Joss brutal. Whedon living in a world where he's Joss Whedon. What do you expect? Man, it's just and the thing is, what's sad about it is like a lot of the stuff that she released in this like memoir tell all. Are like personal letters that he wrote to her, um, like explaining himself, like like just pouring his heart out, and she's like making it all public. It's fucking brutal, dude. Mm. So I mean, it, I mean, look at this though. The way that I see, the way I see it is that uh, Robin just screenshotted one of my dick pics. Um, <laughs> the way I the way one? I see it <laughs> <laughs> the way I see it is if um, if people will still go out and watch. Uh, X-Men um, Age of Apocalypse after um, what's his face um, oh, Brian Singer you know was revealed to be uh, you know a little boy oh, you know yeah. Yeah, little boy pederast people still went to go see that movie I don't think it's gonna slow anybody from going to see Justice League after the Joss Whedon stuff so mm-hmm. just it shows how, how fickle Hollywood is and how evil people are, and they don't give a shit. Let's all go see something and support somebody. Warner Brothers making. Well, Warner it's Brothers not like I'm supporting shit. him. I, I just want to see these characters. I don't give a shit about the directors. Yeah, and like the thing for me is like, I, I'm more of like, yeah, like you said, like that's his fucking personal life. Like it's none of my business. Why the fuck? Are, you know what I mean? It's like, like some Kevin Hart shit, man. <laughs> he's going through it right now. You, you know what? Much. Nobody gets it as bad as Usher. Every week, some girl suing him for twenty million because she got herpes from him or some shit like that. So, I just I assume you get herpes Usher. from Usher. Usher, Usher, baby. <laughs> now, Warner Brothers having a good year between uh, Wonder Woman, It, Justice League coming up, and they had another really successful movie that was Warner Brothers. Was it was Apes or Dunkirk? Dunkirk. Did really well. The, um, I the did you see that the the Christopher Nolan Dunkirk movie? It looks. It's one of those movies that it looks too heavy to just go see on a whim. I yeah. gotta prepare myself for it. Yeah. But um, so do you guys think Bill Skarsgård could play a good Joker for for the people that? That fucking it? guy can play anything. Mm. 
This guy is, dude is a cool. If they can make it, if they can make his eyes go in the same direction, yes. It works so good for this though. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy's an instant legend, dude. Yeah, man, that, instant legend. What a nice boat. Would you like it back? I like when he when he comes out of the fridge. It's like time to float. I was like, oh, dude. Like what I love about it is he didn't do anything Tim Curry at all. Yeah. Like nothing about yeah, he, his performance. He totally, he totally heat ledgered the the role of Pennywise. Just just did it himself. Didn't give a fuck about the history of the character or what. Yeah. Any of that shit. You know what was interesting? Um, since we're since we're turning into the Pennywise force, um, something that <laughs> I I read is uh they did there was a flashback scene that they cut out oh that sh- that showed him in like a Victorian period. It showed it Pennywise in a Victorian period. In a different like human form. Yeah, there's um. All right, so there's three scenes that I know of that are cut out. This guy, of are, course, he went are, back and read it. That are they even disturbed the hell out of me, dude. These are you read it? Yeah. All right, so one of them is, and there's actually footage of it. And uh, remember when he's hanging off the hook? What? Like you, I can watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, uh, I'll send you a link. But you remember when he's hanging off the hook and he's like. You know, Mike sees him for the first time, and he's on the the meat hook, and you hear like. Who a, hasn't seen this yet? Me. Rams hasn't seen it. Robin's, oh, you haven't seen it. Robin's watching it right now from his living room, dude. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch don't it when we uh, get off. Yeah. yeah, don't spoil anything. I'll, I'll watch it later. We'll talk about it later. All right. Well, Show me later. well, if I could talk about the deleted scene, which is not technically not a spoiler, there was a kid there, and he was pretty much chewing on him. So that was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Victorian time, because it's been around. Supposedly, it settled there thousands of years ago before anyone else settled in Derry. So, it takes the form of other things. So, when it was learning how to take form of humans, it was, like, pale and translucent and more like... And it's just really fucked up, dude. Like, really eerie. And there's one scene Uh, in um, the 1800s where he's speaking in that old dialect and the woman pleads with him to, like, leave the town alone. And he's like... She sacrifices her kid or baby to him. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and basically the the old townsfolk make a deal with him, like leave leave the town alone, the people alone, and you know the children will be the sacrifice. What so, the fuck? Yeah, and that's why they always felt like the town was haunted, and that the adults kind of knew something because of this. So that that was in there too. So the deleted scenes are fucked up. The sequel's gonna be darker. Yeah, man. Well, and uh, yeah. there there was a scene. Okay, Tom, when you go see it, there's a scene after the credits, correct? What? No, there's a, a laughter because um, they did the same thing in the miniseries. When the credits roll in, you hear Tim Curry's laughter. If you stay for the credits after the, this movie, you hear Bill Skarsgård's laughter like towards the end. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, which is pretty cool. But I, I, I don't think – I mean, obviously he – could play but I, I mean he's doing Pennywise you don't want him to do Joker Pennywise that's what people say but I would take it I mean look at his face he's fucking tall lanky he looks he has that I think he'd be a real super interesting yeah. Joker man but. if he if he hadn't taken the role of Pennywise it would have been cool to see him as a new Joker I would have yeah, done that that's true but I would I'd rather be Pennywise at this point uh, yeah if that was the case but he's also in I mean, some Le- show so. Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be Joker so I mean we don't have to worry about it I think, I, I think that'd be a worse choice than Jared. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like to the way I, I, I want to see Jared get another shot, man. I mean, I, I, yeah, we, we me shit, I yeah. shit on him all the time, but I think I shit on him because he seems really douchey in real life as opposed to being a good actor. I think she that's is. what it he's is. Very, 
Because, like, I think he is a really good actor. So his douchiness in real life kind of turns me off. Maybe that's why. But I want to see I want to see one more shot with him as the Joker. I don't think he ever got a first shot. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I don't think know. you can't. Yeah. Was like fifteen he, minutes he, total. He got, yeah, he got like half a shot. You got yeah. you got to respect someone who puts in a lot of work though, and he did. Got to so. respect it. Like Trunks, who's on his fifth job gotta right now. Hey, the fucking fifth floor in the camera. I take shits in customers' houses. I don't give a fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh wait before we shit. get off on uh so I, I pretend that um I pretend that um Leonardo DiCaprio was already the Joker I just and then and Margot Robbie was Harley Quinn I just watched The Wolf of Wall Street pretend that's the Joker right there you go there you go there's your there's your Joker movie for anyone wants wants him as Joker yo man I'm st- all this movie news I'm so burnt from it man like I feel like they're just changing shit every day over in one Dude, of, with this DC cinematic universe it's it's like it's like Jermaine Dupri said man. They just want to hate, hate, hate. They just got hate in their blood. But you know what? They're you not know? riding on that 110, that's for sure. Okay. <laughs> hey, living on the 110. And you guys uh, saw fans? The Jigsaw movie's coming out in October. I saw oh, that movie, too. That, that looks, trailer yeah. looks nuts. I think, the tra- I think they got a big budget for this, Watch. man. That's- do you want to play a game? How does he say it? What's the line? Do you... Yeah. Do you want to play a game? Do you want to play I, a game? It's, I think it's I want to play a game. Oh, I, I want, want to play a game. I'll tell you what happened. Um, they were banging them out every year, just like did did Nightmare on Elm Street come out every year back in the day? Do you guys remember? I don't. Uh, remember. Not every year. Oh, no. yeah. it wasn't no, every no. year. Like every two no, years, no. then had to be every no. two years, then. Not even. I mean, there was the first maybe like two or three had a couple years in between, and then there was a while before they came out with some of the other we, ones. We were getting a fucking sub movie every year, every October, and then. uh <laughs> And then they stuck. They, they did like what seven of them. And it's hard to keep up the uh, quality when you're banging them out that much. They um yeah they they um but they were making a lot of money. And, yeah. Uh, they they I, I think freaks. they knew they were gonna revisit this, but they just stopped and let people breathe a little. And then this Jigsaw movie looks like whole new budget, like big budget. So, um, um it looks it looks interesting. The uh, Jigsaw killer, the actor who plays him, he uh. Damn. Hats off to that dude, man. Because basically, all he does is Trunkler. <laughs> uh, Tobin, Tobin Bell. Yeah, that dude. Tobin Bell. He he like ninety percent of the of the of the Saw movies is just his voice now, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he's dead or whatnot, he just does the voiceovers. That 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 dude is chilling in Malibu. He lives in Malibu because there's this uh, really bomb uh, breakfast burrito spot, this Mexican restaurant. That's pretty well known in Malibu that I always go to, and every single time I go to that one, I swear he's always there eating breakfast, and he's just, just living in Malibu, just chilling on his. Sock That's kind of creepy, isn't it? Fucking dude. When I, I every time I go, I look around. No one bothers him, you know, because it's kind of a low key area. But uh, I he, he, he just comes in, walks up to the and I want to eat an omelet. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's the best. He probably just records his parts in an apartment and just sends yeah. them in. He, I mean, literally, dude, the guy's living the life. He, he reading the newspaper, just eating breakfast, chilling back, just living life in Malibu. Qu- real quick, rest in peace, Vincent Frank. Go get your fucking shine box. Daddy, why'd you go get your fucking shine box? <laughs> let me, let me tell you a couple of three things. Hey, Toots, there's something we got to get straight between us. Yeah, man, that guy's a fucking legend, man. Oh, God. He was fantastic in The Sopranos. He's That's an unforgettable dude, man. He is fucking... Oh, absolutely. He, he's, like, 
He, you know, talk about character <laughs> actors. That fucking guy, man. So he... Yo, he's the best prick ever, man. Nobody plays a prick better than Frank Vincent. One, hey, Vincent why'd you get your fucking shine box? <laughs> if you told I me mean, first. No, I mean, come, <laughs> I come out of here. There's a breakout. Come out of here <laughs> in my home. He's just busting his balls a little bit. He's acting like a fucking prick. No, what's right is right. What's right is right. Vito, Vito. Vito, yeah. So Vito's son was acting out and, like, dressing all goth with makeup and shit. And the mother yeah. was upset, so... So, you know, fucking Uncle Phil, Frank, Vincent Frank, comes over to talk to him. He's like, you know, what's the matter with you, kid? Look at all this makeup. You look like a Puerto Rican whore. <laughs> look like a Puerto Rican whore. He has, he has like, how did that guy not die of, of, of uh, lung cancer or throat cancer? Like, that, that guy has a pack of Marlboro Reds in his throat right now. <laughs> he just has a, a fucking Puerto Rican whore. Don't you syringe of a marble just. Don't you Uncle Philly me? Trunkler, which way is right, Trunkler? Come out, come out of the hole. You know, come home. Fucking Tommy's a loose cannon, Trunkler. You gotta do something about him, Trunkler. Damn, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Tommy's, uh, you know, he's got a couple screws loose, but uh, you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, actually, I guess it would be better if he was Nicky Santoro, because Nicky Santoro's from Chicago. <laughs> Trunkler, yeah. You gotta do something about Nicky. So he's off. He's off his rock. I mean, he's coming out here to the desert. You know, he's he thinks he owns Las Vegas. Well, uh, the boss has sent him out here, so uh, I don't know. You know, he, he's got to come out here every two weeks and get the briefcases, and there's not much I can do. You know. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 in the office, rock. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs>